Batiste, hi. Hello, folks. It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 2, one minute at a time. I'm Condra. And I'm Tyler. And Tyler. What? What? I think you have exciting news for us today. Yeah, I'm moving. I mean, yeah, I'm going down to help you later today. Oh. But, but oh, exciting no. news oh. right now. Oh, oh, yeah, um... Geo's here. <laughs> I, I couldn't think of another joke. Hi, Geo. Welcome. Hi, Geo. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome back. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Geo, do you remember what the minutes were the last time you were on this podcast for High School Musical 1? They were around the minutes where um, Zeke tried to ask Sharpay out, and she said she, ra- she wanted to stab herself in the eye uh, because I thought that was funny. <laughs> so very early on um yeah i think it was like i think it was like in the 40s or something yeah. um, is that when she called him a tall person <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure <laughs> and now you're back for what might be one of the most important minutes of this movie of this podcast Condra, i think you need to say what happens in minute 88 absolutely so minute 88 starts out with troy walking to wildcats who are near a stove and ends with Troy singing, did you ever lose yourself to get what you want? That's right, folks. We are in bed on it. (laughs) Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, indeed. So, Gio, you listen to this podcast. I do listen to this podcast, yes. Uh, so don't forget to like talk. Like this isn't just an episode that you're listening to. Don't mm, forget. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just fully immersed. You're like, oh yeah, this is awesome. This is just happening. I this can do great. my life. <laughs> oh wait, I'm here. Gio, like, have you been looking forward to this to this minute to this song? Have you been like waiting on Tinder hooks to hear our thoughts about bet on it as a song? Um. I've certainly been waiting to uh, hear your thoughts. I think I've gotten the impression of what Congress thoughts are at this point, which are the thoughts of most people who have grown up enjoying the High School Musical franchise. But I'm curious about, like, and obviously you haven't listened to the whole song yet, or you haven't watched the whole song in the movie yet, but I am curious, like, the difference of the experience when you're not sort of looking at it with the rose-tinted glasses that we sort of look at the rest of these movies with. Yes. Um, well, we will have to get there because we have a little bit of setup that we have to do before the song actually starts. We can't just jump right into these fun things right away. Mm-hmm. And all the important dialogue in that setup. You know? <laughs> yes, all the important dialogue. So we're in the kitchen and Troy's getting an omelet from the from the oven, not the oven, the, the grill Stove. station. And um, he walks by Charles Klapow and one of the other Wildcats. Charles Klapow is the guy who's secretly the choreographer. And he also plays one of the Wildcat basketball player dancers. Because he looked younger than he did in the first movie. Hair mohawk thing. What's going on there? It's the same hair as from the last movie. He's still he's still rocking the same look, except he just looks a little older now. I, uh. I don't know. I feel like that's, I mean, it's definitely a unique haircut, but this is like, what, 2007 or whatever? So there were some some interesting fashion choices back then. 
Absolutely. I mean, even the other people in the room, one of them's got the backwards ball cap. One of them's got like the neat haircut. You've got like almost like a Rachel haircut, but it's more of a bob. They're they're kind of all over the place. Yeah. Except they're all in their kitchenware, so we can't really analyze the multi-layered outfits they would be wearing, yeah. um, as Gabriella has shown us. It is it is just just you know forehead up that we get the fashion choices. Yeah. Um, one one thing that I've been like observing in all of their breakfast eating is how many different types of breakfasts there are. <laughs> I'm like, man, is each person individually ordering something for breakfast, and then like each person has their because like Chad's eating scrambled eggs. We see someone like Troy's eating an omelet. We see just like some people with like toast, and it's like this kitchen. When did they get here? <laughs> Do you think people just brought their breakfasts on set and just were like, they were just like, bring your breakfast and just eat it there? Um, I don't think that's how movies work. (laughs) Well, it's either that or like they decided, oh, Chad's a scrambled eggs kind of guy, you know? And and Troy's (laughs) a a jerk with new shoes. So clearly he has to eat an omelet and a croissant. Yeah. Like. Yeah. French people are jerks. (laughs) (laughs) But like. Also, we see a wildcat making the omelet, which just shows mm-hmm. how far the wildcats have come since the start of the summer when some of them were like, I don't know how to hold a dishpan. Yeah. <laughs> They'll work it out. Ah. They did. They did. <laughs> so, yeah, it's interesting because Troy is looking for people not only to give him food, but also to eat with him. Yeah. I. One more note on Charles Klapau. Um his background chatter is he's been eating so much breakfast here that he's not eating dinner. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) and I was like, this is the weirdest background dialogue. Like what? Just like 1 PM brunch is over. The scrambled eggs have been out for four hours and he just goes to (laughs) those old eggs. Don't want to waste them. (laughs) Of course. Oh, cold eggs is the worst. (laughs) Something I realized in this scene is like, I've been just listening. So, you know, there's only so much you can do to describe uh, Zac Efron's face acting. Uh, but I got a lot of that in this setup. And I, as, as much as you've done a good job uh, talking about it, I don't think you did it justice. I don't think there's any way to do it justice in an audio medium. No, unfortunately, that and Sharpay's outfits are truly two things that we can't do justice just being yeah. a, a pod, a listening audio podcast. That being said, though, Troy's silence speaks volumes in this minute. Wow. Thanks. Um, Thanks. <laughs> um, so he goes and sits at the sort of like center station where they kind of like lean and sit on. It's not like a table. What is it's that? It's like an island. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's an island. No man is an island, except Troy. I think it's the same place where they drummed on the glasses. <laughs> I made a drumming motion for this. Yeah, and and I just want to reiterate, I made a, a a reference about no man being an island, but Troy's kind of playing that role in this. I'm just saying it's it's symbolic. Got it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So uh. he joins Jason, Chad, and. Kelsey. Well, hardly because Chad and Jason immediately walk away. Well, Chad immediately walks away. Jason sits there for a second and looks at him. 
<laughs> like he's like, I know I'm supposed to be mad at you, but you're still my friend because Jason is having a hard time being I, mad at Troy. I don't but, know if I don't know if I don't even think we get a shot of Jason's face. I don't know how you read that. No, we do because when it's like turned to look at Kelsey, Jason's just sitting there like looking at him. I d- kind of. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like Chad just walked away immediately. I feel like Jason did sort of a one last look at J- Troy before like walking away like uh i wish i didn't have to do this buddy <laughs> uh, you're so handsome i wish i could just stare at you mm-hmm. <laughs> and kelsey looks a little sympathetic they had been talking about ryan helping something we assume the talent show getting getting the employees reinstated because kelsey hands over the infamous notice from fulton yeah which Troy. has been folded in half and left on the on the island for some reason <laughs> But you need you need the prop because it would it's more meaningful if this conversation happens wordlessly between the two yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. It, it is to both of their credits quite moving. Like you see the anger. Kelsey so rarely shows anything other than this is fine kind of face. Or like, oh, Sharpay is doing something crazy. Face. <laughs> So it's kind of nice for them to have this moment between each other because we don't get a lot of Troy and Kelsey. So yeah, Troy reads the paper and we just get a shot for the audience to be able to read the paper about like, oh, no, no junior staff can be in the talent show because you got to work. And Troy looks bummed about it. He like, is this the first time he's hearing of this? Is this part of it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't know about this before. Kelsey's wordlessly telling him that uh, they, that none of them will be in the talent show. No junior employees, which is, is big. Is it? Is it big? Why do we care this much? They've been Why working. Why is this movie built so around the talent show? Um, the last movie was built around a callback. Yeah, they just have to be built around like small musical <laughs> events. Like not big musical events because they don't want to show that whole thing. But it's just too expensive. Uh, I yeah. do like the the shrug that Kelsey does of like, you know, man, it's it is what it is. It's fine. She shrugs and she does that thing where you're like, it's not an eye roll, but it's like a it's like a half close your eyes and be like, I don't know, man. <laughs> do you guys do you guys know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I thought Kelsey's. I guess actions in this like half of the minute were very interesting because she was going along with the like I guess policy, including the extras who like don't talk to Troy anyway, that just all the wildcats are supposed to give Troy the cold shoulder and ignore him and not talk to him. But like she sort of it seems like it's an overall policy that they discussed because they're all doing it so universally, but she like sort of goes against it like re- rebels by like communicating with her eyes. You know, I hadn't I hadn't considered that uh it was a it was a determined agreed upon policy that no one would talk to Troy. I thought it was just an emotional reaction that everybody was having. <laughs> but if you think about it too cuz I was thinking about this too Geo, did they get the rest of the kitchen workers involved? Like what about Chef Mike or Chef Michael? Is he also <laughs> not talking to Troy? Is it all the kitchen workers that are mad at him because of the cheeseburger incident? <laughs> Is or... Ryan going to join in? The the solidarity, Fulton. Who knows? Fulton just starts giving Troy directions on like a whiteboard, just like <laughs> only Slack messages. <laughs> oh, work! 
with Troy's flip phone. Oh, dear. Don't Mm -hmm. remind me. So, Troy gets super mad. He crumples (laughs) up that flyer. It wasn't like soft printer paper, too. You could tell that was printed on some, like, harder stock paper. You know, you know, you guys know like the tensile strength of paper. You know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, well, there are different weights that are like to determine yeah. thickness. <laughs> I, I just think it's amusing paper. that like, you know, you can tell how like how thick a paper is like through the medium of film. We're like, dang, that was that was thick paper. But if it was like thin, if it was like you know that really thin like notebook paper or even like like Bible page paper, you'd be like, oh no, that paper was so mm-hmm. thick. <laughs> you know, like how, like one of the extra of the mm-hmm. five senses is like how you can feel something through something else. It's like that, but through film. Yeah. Wait, sure. do you know what yeah. I'm talking about? Where sure. like, <laughs> I, I know what you're talking. It's like when you, you need, you need your sense, your sense of smell to be able to taste. No, like, they, like, you know what I'm talking about? Where like, if you have a stick and you're like, you're, you're touching the stick, but then you use the stick to touch the ground. And then if you touch the ground and it's like pavement, you, you feel through the stick that it's pavement. But if you're touching sand, you can feel through the stick that it's sand. Even though you're not touching the pavement or the sand with your hand, you're touching it through the stick. I do know what you're talking I, about. Yeah. There. Yes, for that's sure. one of that's like um, yeah. that's technically an additional sense that we have. The that's sixth the, sense. That's the sixth sense. Yep. And then there's another one. There's another <laughs> one that involves um, your uh, musculoskeletal system, which, which is like you know, like even if you aren't looking at something, like you, like you have a general idea of the the space around you, and so like without looking, like you know, like if you had a cup in a cup holder but you were in your car and you were looking at the road, you would know where to put your hand to get the cup from the cup holder just out of like sense memory. You could just grab it or like alarm clock in the morning. You know exactly where to like what motion to do to hit the alarm clock. I bet our audience is loving this right now. This is, this is a science (laughs) podcast, right? People love educational podcasts and that's what I tune into this (laughs) podcast. for. So, (laughs) But I bet they will also love to hear us talk about bet on it finally. Yeah, it's a it's a very bold transition. It's, um, yes, iconic. we get this sort of like we get sort of happens. this like pulsing thumping drum beat, and we get Troy's feet kind of stomping through the stomping through the grass up a hill. His aggressive yeah. walking, and it's like oh oh dang we're singing now okay. Um, this is, and, and if I could, if I could register a complaint before we start reveling in this song, this, this definitely feels like one of those moments where it's, um, not a, not a so or a but, but just an and then of a transition. Like Mm. it's not, oh, Troy learned that the, the other people couldn't sing in the talent show. So he went and sang a song about how angsty he was like. This did like the setup that we got in the previous 30 seconds did not feel like the inspiration for this song. I don't I don't know if there's a way that you can go into this song. (laughs) Well, I mean, we were talking about another song two minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah, We just (laughs) we just just finished up with Gabriella's song, too. Yeah. What about us? So. We are talking today about Bet On It, 
obviously, which was written and produced by Antonia Armato and Tim James. Uh, the one really notable thing about this song, well, the, one of the many notable things about this song is that it was filmed in six days, which is 10% of the total film time that they took to film. Like, they spent six I'm sorry, days what? What? working on as far as I can tell, the only yeah. thing that happens this, this, in this song is Zac Efron <laughs> struts around a golf course. There's no props. Wait, Tyler, you've only watched the first 30 seconds. The, there's, there's, it's not really dancing. It, there's like some choreography, but it's not like, I don't know. It seems like you could do most of that in rehearsals. Anyway, I will, I will wait patiently and discover what is leading this song <laughs> to be 10% of the movie's shooting time so are we ready to to jump in everybody's always talking at me i thought this was a very (laughs) funny line to start with after the last 30 (laughs) seconds of complete silence (laughs) (laughs) it's an excellent point i never thought it never registered (laughs) for me before this but i was just like (laughs) literally nobody's talking yet like (laughs) but they are trying to get in his head are they though it's true get get in someone's head is such like a specific like if it's like a if it's like a sports game and you're trying to get in someone's head to like make them mess up they're not like trying to make him mess up they're not like trying to ruin troy's career or or future by like messing with his his mental state they're just like mad at him for I being mean, a bad friend. <laughs> I mean, but they are messing with him because his emotional turmoil is making him. But they're miss not like shots. doing psychological warfare on him, which is what the phrase "trying to get in my head" implies. I feel like they think they are, though. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like it's a very sort of teenager thing to be like, oh. I'm mad at this person. If I just don't talk to them, I don't really know what they can do to fix it, but I'm sure they'll figure it out because I'm mad. <laughs> um, like, I don't know what Chad thinks the solution to this problem is going to be with like him not talking to Troy, but I feel like he's just like, I've got to just be mad. And I think if Troy, if I take away my friendship from Troy, the gift of my jokes then Troy will just like come groveling to me and somehow fix everything because he is the great Troy Bolton. I would say that Sharpay plays plays mind games, but the, the other Wildcats are like they're not. It's not like a it's not like a tactic. They're just like we're mad at you, so we're not going to talk to you. Like I don't know. This is coming from me who but doesn't that- think that it was an official policy to not to talk to Troy, but just a just an <laughs> instinct that they were following. The Wildcats have one brain. <laughs> it's true. I do feel like this song is at least somewhat about Sharpay, which is, as you said, a bit of a weird transition because Sharpay hasn't been seen for a whole other song. But um, it does feel like this song is in large part about the way Sharpay is messing with Troy's life. That's a really good point that I don't know if I've ever thought about it from that but angle. Sharpay isn't everybody. Mm. Like... <laughs> Sharpay's trying to get in my head. Yeah. (laughs) But she is a huge factor in all of the other issues that's going on. Like, Gabriella was mad at him for spending time with her and 
Chad was jealous because she got him the basketball connection. And there's like, Sharpay's at the root of a lot of this. Again, her redemption in the last movie was thin, so it makes sense that she's fallen back into her corrupt ways. I, I would, I would. It is a very Disney movie. I would disagree that Sorry. there even was a redemption, but. <laughs> she yeah, explains what break a leg means, Ty. <laughs> and that's, she shows some sort of care for people. Does other she? Other than herself. Does she? Which, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think. A lot of times Disney movies for the like antagonist who uh, ends up often being a mean girl because especially in this era, because that's how these things are, um, will often have some very thin redemption of like, oh, they now at least get along with the protagonist of the movie. And then if they ever make a sequel, whatever small veneer of character growth is immediately gone and they are just the antagonist. That's why you got to go with the mean girls route Um. and just hit them with a bus. (laughs) So so, um, my teens at my library decided the other day to just watch mean girls. I have the TV and the teen scene this summer. Um, And they were just like, yeah, putting on mean girls. And I was hanging up led lights and I forgot how good that movie is. Like every bit of it. I was like, man, this is iconic. This is iconic. And then I kept thinking about how it would relate to High School Musical. Like, if High School Musical had been shot for a slightly older audience. Mm. And I was like, man, there would be so much other stuff going on. That would make (laughs) it hilarious. Yeah. Yes. Shot with a slightly older audience and a very good comedian. That's the writer. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Absolutely. did, Did Lindsay Lohan and Zac Efron ever do anything? I don't. I mean, they were both Disney but I guess she people. She was a few years a th- right just around a the few same years time. Older. Yeah. Well, we have Freaky Friday. We have yeah, Confessions of a Teenage like Drama Queen. Four, we like have Parent Trap. Years before Ephraim, but like Amanda Bynes and Zac Efron were in Hairspray, so like they don't like they didn't have a super close interaction there. But like, it's interesting to see like where these young actors do or don't intersect. Also, Lindsay Lohan did more like actual films where yeah. Zach Efron was doing yeah. decoms. Well well he did, you know, after seventeen again, he was basically just like a real actor. Yeah. Um So we only get the first line of the pre chorus, so we're kinda dancing around the the pre chorus right now. Well first off, um, Did You Ever is not sung by Troy diegetically. It's <laughs> Sung by voiceover. I don't know if it's Zac Efron singing the Did You Ever line or not. I, I think it is, and it's auto-tuned. I think so, too. Because no one else is credited okay, for okay. singing this song. Yeah. If if not auto-tuned, it's, like, produced in a way that it's, like, it, there's, like, an affect to it where it doesn't sound naturalistic. It's ethereal. Yes. <laughs> coming it's from, coming from... <laughs> the heavens are questioning, did you it's ever... It's coming from in his uh, head. Did you ever lose yourself to get what you want? Which I think is a pretty good description of what he's going through right yes. now. I think that is, for, for now, the evocative line of the song. Also, Lose Yourself by Eminem is probably a song that Zach likes. Or Troy likes. Both. Everybody likes that Both. song. <laughs> Yeah, Gio. <laughs> Gio, what's your th- what's your take on "Lose Yourself" by Eminem? Um, <laughs> I truly could not think of what that song sounds like, uh, but I'm sure it's great. 
I don't... Um, I was trying to think of whether I think Troy has actually lost himself, or I think people are just overreacting. <laughs> you know, classic <laughs> of this podcast. Um, which, uh, I don't know. I think, I think he's a bit lost himself because he cared so much about the team and his friends. And it does seem like he has been focusing more on what he wants, but I also don't necessarily think that's It's not like he made a Faustian bargain either. Like, it's not like he like sold his soul out and like, and now he is trapped in hell. Like he's. Yeah. He didn't kiss Sharpay. (laughs) That would truly be the ultimate ceiling of the pact. <laughs> Selling yeah. your soul to the devil equals kissing Sharpet. Yeah. Well, he he hasn't even kissed Gabriella, so. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Could you imagine if, if we went <laughs> one and two thirds of a movie, Troy and Sharpet, or said Troy and Gabriella never kissed, and then all of a sudden Troy and Sharpet kiss, and you're like, whoa, what is what is this? That would be something, but Troy's too good a guy for that. I feel like we're we're struggling to think so, of what to say. We haven't talked about the choreography. Well, yet. I think it's because we have. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it just escalates in the next minutes, and we want to. He's doing a lot of like arms at first, like like yeah. punching the air, dramatic hand yeah, reaches. Yeah, sort, sort of thing where you do like... We get one of his most iconic hand reaches next minute, so I'm kind of saving but, but for that. When, he does like a jump in this minute, doesn't he? He does like a hit the ground and then rise back up type move. Oh, yeah. Mm. Which is, yeah, I like it's hard because like individual choreography, like yes, like dance is an art form and people have come up with infinite ways to express emotions through individual body movements but also like it it also feels so limiting you're like what he's just one guy what is he supposed to do he's just standing there and singing like doing arm motions (laughs) yeah the setting like there is no prop dancing which is really the only time we've seen there's no surroundings there's no like there's no lockers for him to lean on either like there's no basketball there's no yeah he's very isolated it's very much troy zooming in on himself here and and we're seeing that even in the way the surroundings are troy is alone oh in a beautiful lush green landscape i guess we'll have to in new mexico i guess we'll have to think Mm -hmm. more about the setting and the landscape and how that emphasizes the message of the song or or not because i think that's one of the things i mean this song is iconic obviously but it feels in many ways, its reputation is because it's very silly. And I think the setting is part of that. It's like, it's this beautiful, like, golf course landscape. And it it feels very silly to, like, show a person dancing and, like, strutting through all this land for, like, no reason because he's just singing to himself. Like, I don't know if you've ever <laughs> seen those YouTube videos that are like, what if this musical, what didn't have the music? And then it was just like, Similar to the similar to the one we saw for um, um, work it out, they they but they do mm-hmm. like what if this dance number like didn't have the music in the background and then it's just like the scuffs of sneakers and the grunts. I don't know. Have you guys ever seen those videos? Like this yeah. one, yeah. this one might even have one of just like a guy grunting his way through a golf course. Like it doesn't it doesn't actually make sense when you think about it. Yeah, that's one of the things that makes me think that this song is not happening in real life. As with, like, <laughs> Fabulous, you know, mm-hmm. where it's just like, oh, 
Troy just like went and like sat looking at the lake or something angstily and we're seeing this song to represent that. I, I definitely agree. I don't this song has that fantasy element. Like the complete emptiness of the golf course is a big tip off because we haven't once seen the golf course empty. He definitely did like yeah. strut ang- angrily through the golf course at some point though. Oh yeah. Kicked up some grass. <laughs> Just took a big chunk of grass <laughs> out with his foot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tyler, I hear you may have a game oh, for us. Yes. Yes. So we're we're done talking about this song for now because we're gonna talk about it more next minute. So we're moving to our decom of the week segment, which this week, of course, had to do it to him. It's a mad lib. Wow. Great. Um, and I, I don't know. Well, you know, we like to make the Mad Lib a little bit of a surprise. So this is like a pretend trailer for a decom that um, I have written out most of, but of course, Mad Lib's format. So Gio and Condor are going to come up with some of the words that are in the trailer, and then I will read the whole thing off with their words, just in case you don't know what a Mad Lib is and you're just joining us for this episode. <laughs> All right. Geo, I will let you lead most of this because I have had the pleasure of filling out a few of Tyler's Mad Libs, so I really I want it. you to, to to take in the experience. So I'll help if you need. Okay. I have also had the pleasure of filling out a few of Tyler's I've, Mad Libs. He's, uh... I've play tested. I think I play tested one with you once, yeah. I need a vehicle. Um, a helicopter. Thank you. I need a body part. Uh, the middle toe. Okay, great. That's going to make a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> a, name of a, a, a name of a plant. Um, rose bush. <laughs> great. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe Tondra <laughs> could help you with this one. An ancient sounding name. Mm. Yeah, Condra, you can take that one. That's more your area of expertise. Lavinia. Perfect. Um, an adverb. Oh God! <laughs> they all left my head. Live, mm-hmm. lively, lively. Lively's an adjective. Might just <laughs> okay. Uh, greatly. I'll just do a basic. Greatly one. is also an adjective. <laughs> really? No, Condra. Greatly is an adverb. It is. I guess I use it as an adjective sometimes, which is not a great practice in my brain. Then I don't. I don't know how you could possibly do that. Anyway, I need a letter and a number. Um, uh, R32. Thank you. I was you. about to say R34, and that... <laughs> <laughs> don't Google that. Um, a color, please. Magenta. Um, a shape. Octagon. Thank you. Um, an ing verb, and it would be great if it was a transitive verb. Uh, is throwing a transitive verb? Sure. Okay. Um, I just can't be like farting because then, like, when it has a trans, like when it has a direct object, okay. then it's gonna make me that makes annoyed. Sense. Um, uh, an affectionate name for a child. Um, kiddo. Um, a, a person with an important title, like the title that that person has. Duke. <laughs> yes. A food. <laughs> a food. Corn dog. 
great. Um, an obscure science word. Uh, argon? I don't know if it's not obscure, but... <laughs> Perfect. Um, a verb. Um, punch. Um, a gadget. Uh, a gadget from 2006 or a gadget from... Any my... gadget. Uh, Palm Pilot. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, a, a landscape or a natural setting? Golf course. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, a U.S. state? Um, Maine. Great. Um, an actor whom you would like to be your dad? Oh, gosh. Um, who plays Jack Bolton? <laughs> um wait what's his name condra um i have the imdb up right now hold on all right um a voice actor um i don't know matt mercer was the only one i could think of <laughs> great we're doing it we're doing it one of those blonde girl actors from the 2000s uh Lindsay. no she wasn't even blonde does Lindsay lohan count no. Okay. Um, I don't know. Ashley Tisdale. <laughs> okay. Sure. The actor ones were the ones where I felt like I would need Congress help the most. Oh, I, can, because I, I think. Do you have a suggestion then? Um, let's go with Rachel McAdams. Go back to Mean <laughs> Girls. <laughs> okay. Um, and then did we come up with uh, the guy's uh, yeah, name? Yeah. It is oh, it's Bart Johnson. Bart Johnson. Mm, I remember that last name. That's a good name. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is chaotic. Um, okay. So, Gio, what I did was I wrote a Mad Lib script for um, a Ring of Endless Light, but not like oh, not, perfect. But not like the actual decom. And I didn't. And I didn't listen to our recollection or our prediction of what it was in our previous decom episode. Listeners of the podcast will remember that the previous Decom of the Week segment that Gio and I did was guess the plot of A Ring of Endless Light. And we guessed that it was a space movie. I did not listen to our prediction, so this is just a space movie Decom Mad Lib trailer. Ready? A girl stares out a window at the starry black spectacle of space. A shot from outside the window reveals she's riding on a space helicopter. A clunky robot with a prominent middle toe walks up to her. Young Rosebush. Are you excited to be the first child to, do, to explore the Lavinia galaxy? The girl looks up at the robot greatly. I'm a little nervous. At least I've got my father to keep me company. And you are 32. A family far from home. Shot of a ship gliding through space while a giant magenta octagon dominates the background. Cut to a determined man staring forward while throwing the space vehicle. We're almost at the outpost, kiddo. Then we can meet with the Duke, and more importantly, restock our supply of corn dogs. <laughs> a mysterious galaxy. The robot interrupts. Sir, I'm detecting a surge of argon particles coming from the Octagon Nebula. Cut to strobing lights and emergency noises in the interior of the ship as the father and daughter punch in fear. Where are we? I've got no readings on my Palm Pilot. Guess we'll just have to open the hatch and find out. A door opens to reveal a golf course landscape, <laughs> but with alien planet vibes. Well, we're not in Maine anymore, R32. 
The Journey of a Lifetime, starring Bart Johnson. Don't worry, kiddo. We'll be having tea with the Duke in no time. With Matt Mercer as the robot. I'm detecting a power source nearby. And Rachel McAdams. All we need to do is follow the light. Find your way this Friday in The Ring of Endless Light. That was great. Beautiful. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> An epic space saga. The golf course. Just, I was like, is it like, is the grass like pink? Is that what makes it look alien? <laughs> <laughs> All the flags are just chrome. Mm. <laughs> Well, they're not waving in the sky because it's space. No, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like the moon flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Thank you both. That was that was delightful. That was wonderful. I, I love I love the Mad Libs. Thank you. This one was less jokey. I feel like, but it I was still epic. felt there it. There were some very yeah. The big toe or the middle toe? Excuse me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking that would be a good joke. Like an alien always has like a prominent feature or uh, a robot, you know? Yeah. Like the red arm. Like a like a big nose or like a like a, like an extra arm. Or like yeah. Perhaps anyway. you didn't recognize me because of my red arm. <laughs> perhaps perhaps you didn't recognize me because of my prominent middle toe. <laughs> uh. All right, Gio. Where can people find you on the internet if you so desire them to? Um, yeah, I don't... Or is there anything really you want to plug? Post anything? I don't know. Um, donate to charity, folks, if you have the means. I I don't really do stuff that needs plugging, so... Condra, okay. what about us? Well, people can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally, at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. You can also send us an email to amateurnerdspresent at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know your favorite space epic. Hmm. I've been really into Dune lately. Dune's very good. Dune is very good. The Duke. You got the Duke there. Yeah. yeah. No, that was why I was like, oh, Dune. <laughs> um, thanks to Gio. We'll see you next time. But we've got other thanks for people. He waved at us, but um, it, it's a oh. it's a non-visual medium. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, am I supposed to hang up now? No. <laughs> Not before we specially thank our artist, Theo Golden, at T Golden Art on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. I have been Condra. And I've been Tyler, and we'll see you next time to continue. You can bet on it. 